Ramsey Solutions broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. This is a show about you and your life. George Camel, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. No, George and I are not strange wearing matching hoodies. We are celebrating the launch of the Gazelle debit card. Right there it is, baby, the Gazelle debit card. And I just came out from Ramsey. It is the debit card that does not try to get you into debt. It is fully protected by the FDIC and MasterCard's normal fraud protection programs, which is as good as any credit card you could get out there for any of those things. And uh, this thing is absolutely amazing. It's It's better than a credit card. Because it really looks good. And you can't go into debt with it. It makes a statement that says, I am smart with money. When you pull this out, people go, that one's smart with money. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, people that that means you don't you don't you don't use credit cards. You use a debit card, which is what we do. It's what we teach. It's what I've always done, and I've always had a Visa or a Mastercard debit card. So having a Mastercard or a Visa debit card that I offer is not inconsistent for you trolling idiots out there. Just to make sure you know what's up. And um, hey, that's the thing, man. So check this out. No fees. No fees. No, we're not going to send you pretty commercials with pretty people sitting around talking on a little couch. Wow, is that a personal it, like, attack, Dave? Like, no, I'm pretty. No, it's SoFi commercials. Oh, they yeah. They piss me go. off because they make it look like they love you, and they're actually trying to absolutely screw you with their awful, awful debt. You know, the average credit card debt in America at the, the rate, here's how, the ban- how much the banks love you. In the most inflationary period, the roughest economic situation from an inflation viewpoint we've had in 40 years, what did the credit card companies do? They raise the average rate on a credit card from 18 to 22%. Well, it's inflation, right? I mean, you got to go up with inflation, right? You got to go up on that. Let me, tell you what your, let me tell you what the interest rate is on this. Zero, not one, because you can't borrow money on it, stupid. It doesn't work that way with a debit card, okay? And uh, no fees. Did I mention that there's no fees? No, we're not going to sell your name, and we're not going to try to. I was just in here deleting an email. George watched me do it from some app on my phone that I forgot to check the stupid little box, and they sent me a bunch of marketing crap and that I didn't want, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to wear you out with a bunch of trying to get you in debt because if you get a debit card with a bank, you know what? It's a loss leader for them. With a traditional bank, they're just trying. They're they're doing that just to hook you because they want to be able to get your name and they want to sell it and they want to sell you stuff. Jonathan starts off this hour in Washington D.C. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve, sir. What's up? So I laid out pretty quick for you here. About five six months ago, I joined an accounting firm of about six thousand people. Starting salary was ninety thousand dollars plus. I'd get bonus recently organically received an offer for $135,000 for a 100-person firm. So it'd be a pretty big jump, but my loyalty aspect of myself makes it hard to leave. I mean, ultimately, I think I'm leaning towards that side of things, but wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that and also potentially how to break that to my current employer. Hmm. Okay. Um, more importantly than a, a few thousand dollars, uh, where do you want to be working? 
in 20 years because a lot of people who get an accounting degree if they land a job where you landed a job strut around like they did something they're all excited that they got to join that big firm it's like a prestige thing like you bragged about it for me it was just table setting i really want to be a partner i want to be part of that equity ownership um and I had came from a smaller firm before where I felt very comfortable and I enjoyed the lifestyle there and the culture. The big firm was just a more of an opportunistic jump during our time that we're currently in with all the, you know, um, people moving around. So whatever, so what happens the, next time there's an opportunity? So you need to decide who you want to be. Are you an opportunist or do you want to work for hundred, hundred person firms where the, where the soul of the place shows? Yeah. I mean, that's part of where I'm going towards. And I think I really enjoy the culture of a smaller firm, but a 50% raise would not be too bad overall, like that jump. But then the loyal, loyalist side of me is saying, Hey, this firm, other firm gave me an opportunity five or six months ago to jump in and join them been doing pretty well there but you know considering my family and everything like that is burning some bridges worth a 50 percent raise at that point so i'm kind of emotionally tied to the new firm i would say heavily and also just the um the loyal side of me doesn't want to do it either but i know it's a great opportunity okay Um, yeah, I think you needed to redefine what happiness is. You think it's a paycheck and I don't. Um, so, uh, it's not loyalty. It's, I I think you're going to spend your whole life jumping, 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 as long as you define it based on the raise that you're being offered. Cause some morons always going to offer you a raise. And then all you're going to be is a jumping bean every time there's a raise, if that's the definition of winning. And so I want the definition of winning for you to be broader than just the paycheck. If you redefine winning and it encompasses your new definition of winning, which is the soul of the organization, I want to actually have human beings and not be living in a corporate garbage mess hole, which some of the big firms are, um, and they've got all this... politically correct garbage going on instead of actually getting their work done and that kind of stuff and you don't want to be in that environment anymore and you get a raise then the next time corporate america comes knocking and wants to just give you money but put you back into a septic tank um then you won't answer that call so in other words if you take this i want you to redefine winning to where if someone calls and says hey we're going to give you 175 at a thousand at a 2000 person firm you're going to say no thanks yeah i mean when thinking about this process and going to the stuff with them recently if i was given the same opportunity say same salary i'd probably end up going with a smaller firm but just the loyal side of me just feels disgusted leaving that quickly yeah I guess that's my, that's that's yeah. my biggest thing personally. Yeah, I, I don't I mind. Don't like I don't mind personally. I don't mind you leaving quickly. That doesn't bother me. Um, you just go in and go. This is awkward. These guys came in and offered me fifty percent. I'm not even going to ask you all for that. That's insulting. And so I've accepted the job, and I'm so sorry. And you know, this is what we're doing with six thousand people. They will replace you, and eventually they'll go. Oh yeah, that guy used to work here. In about an hour. 
in about an hour. They won't notice you're gone. Um, and uh, so, I mean, it's not, it's really not that big a deal. But I think the most important thing is you define what is inside of you, what winning looks like. You so want to you, sink your teeth into so You don't just repeat decade. this process over and over and over again. Yeah. It's a hollow process if you're only defining it on the paycheck. You need a broader, a broader definition than that. This is The Ramsey Show. from a sold-out smart conference event in Dallas, Texas this weekend. The house was packed with thousands of people. It was amazing. Our live events have been epic this fall. Each one has been a sellout. Coming up here in November, we're going to be running around all over the place with sold-out events in San Antonio, Minneapolis, and Sacramento. And our li- and uh, last week, we announced the spring Building Wealth Live Tour. Tickets are selling very fast. We sold out of the VIP tickets in Indianapolis and Anaheim within 48 hours. Wow. Our Building Wealth Live events walk you through a simple but proven plan that will help you save money, build wealth, make smart decisions in this weird, crazy economy. And despite what the news and the Internet says, it is possible. Rachel Cruz, Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, the George Camel sitting to my right for a night of hope with me. And we're going to teach you about, like, what normal is and how you don't want to be normal, but a way to function in this crazy world. In Indianapolis is February 16th. Austin is February 23rd. And Anaheim is May the 2nd. Tickets start at $39. The VIPs always sell out fast, super fast, and the Platinum sell out even faster. Uh, you won't want to wait. Go ahead and get your tickets at RamseySolutions.com slash tickets. Our question today comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Free samples, free shipping, new promos all the time. You'll save even more. Use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best possible deal. Today's question comes from Thomas in Virginia. I'm in the early stages of becoming a first-time home buyer, and I was wondering if taking out two loans from separate entities is possible. For example, if I'm buying a $200,000 house and a family friend says they'll give me a $100,000 loan at a 3% interest rate, would I still be able to qualify for an FHA loan on the other $100,000 from the bank? If this is possible, how does this work? Oof. Well, aside from it being a bad idea... uh. It may be possible. We don't know a lot of the details of this person's life, their income, their debt-to-income ratio, but I would not be doing any of this. Yeah. Number one, we wouldn't do an FHA. We'd do a conventional loan because they're cheaper, uh, interest rate and fees. Uh, number two, I don't borrow money from family friends because that's a good way for them to no longer be a family friend. Um, and so wouldn't do that for that reason. Let's say you were going to execute it anyway, technically, tactically, how do you do that? Well, you have to disclose the whole process to the lender. And uh, so the lender has to understand that you are borrowing money in addition to that the $100,000 you're putting down as a down payment is not a real down payment. It's borrowed money as well. Not disclosing that to the lender that's making the first mortgage loan um, is called fraud, criminal fraud because you induced them to give you money 
without giving them accurate information by lying to them. And so people do this stuff in real estate business all the time, and they don't realize it's like go to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200 stuff. Now, here's the problem, okay? Uh, a conventional loan's only going to take a first position, meaning first mortgage position. That means your family friend is in second position. So let's say the world's worst catastrophe happened and there was a car wreck and you were unable to work for, for 10 years and therefore you're unable to pay either one of these mortgages. The first mortgage will foreclose. When they foreclose, the second mortgage holder, your family friend, to protect their $100,000 loan, they have to write another $100,000 check and buy out the foreclosure. Otherwise, when the first mortgage forecloses, they lose their position in the house. It wipes it out. All mortgages behind the first mortgage or behind the mortgage foreclosing, if it's a second mortgage and there's a third mortgage, are wiped out by the, by the previous mortgage foreclosing. And so the only way to, for him to protect himself is to come out of pocket again for some more money. Well, that'll never happen. You're talking to people who have done this for 30 years. It happens all the time. You're talking to cancer doctors. We know what causes cancer, okay? And we know what causes stupid, and this is stupid. You're going to get yourself in a pinch. You're going to get your family friend in a pinch. Unforeseen things are going to happen. Things you don't think are going to happen are going to come up. He's going to get in a problem and need his money and come knocking on your door and want his money right now. Something's going to come up, and you're going to be a caller on this show looking like you did something doofus because you did something doofus. Don't do this. Mm. Was I unclear? Pretty clear to me, Dave. Okay. Clear as mud. Didn't want to be unclear. But that is a scary situation. It sounds like you're not ready to be a home buyer, and that's okay. But well, take you're your trying. He's just trying to get a lower interest rate. The Oof. guy's the guy's trying to get three percent on his money, and the guy making the loan, and he's trying to get a lower interest rate on his mortgage. And both of those are good motivations. But what neither one of them thought through is all your worst case scenarios. And you know, the only time debt works is when debt works, and all the rest of the time, when everything works perfect. It works, but all the rest of the time, which is all the time, that no, it doesn't work. It always ends up coming back and biting you. In your head and on paper, you go, this is an amazing plan. I'm a genius. Yeah, you get bit in your assumptions is what happens. And, you know, when you get bit in the assumptions, it it, it It hurts. hurts. It hurts. It leaves a mark. All right, Donald is with us in Spokane, Washington. Hey, Donald, what's up? Good afternoon, Dave. I've got a retirement question for you. Okay. Um. Retiring from the Air National Guard, uh, 34 years, and also have a technician job. It's a GS with the Air National Guard. Those go together. I retire from both of those next month. Wow. They have an automatic um, survivor benefit that's uh, that's selected for you. You pay 10% of your retirement. For me, $140 a month. If I pass away, my wife gets 50% of my retirement, which is $700 a month. Uh, the bad news is if I was to cancel that, because that sounds like a horrible insurance policy, um, if I cancel it, she would no longer get uh, her health insurance uh, if I was to pass away. There's also an option of getting a uh, paying a 5%, uh, and then she gets 25% of my retirement. So it would I'd be paying 350 a month, or my wife would be, and then she gets her retirement with that. Whether options uh, are there, it sounds like a horrible insurance policy that I'm getting pushed into. Yeah. Um, 
you're right. You're 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 actually buying health insurance is what you're buying. Right? Yeah. I mean in a sense that's what's uh, pushing it. Uh correct. And then I have to add another hundred and forty dollars a month to yeah. my health insurance. How much is the will. health insurance? Um, for just her, it would end up being about two twenty-five a month. We currently pay for my for the uh, four fifty a month. Mm. But yeah. if I pass away, then that goes down. Obviously, goes in half, and she she can buy health insurance for the rest of her life. Is the health insurance uh, good? Uh, very good, actually. Okay, all right. Yeah, I would do it the just for the, I would do it just for the health insurance. Okay. That, that, you know, that, um, the other dynamic that, is I'm, I'm working with Xander Insurance uh, and trying to get new life insurance uh-huh. because I'm losing the servicemen's group life insurance with the military, and so switching over with them, they're very easy to work with, so uh, two pluses there. Good. Thank you. Thank you for your service, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. But yeah, that's um, you're right. It's just a government program, and you're boxed in, but I would just look at it as, you know, you, you're buying a little, you're buying Guaranteed a life health insurance is quality health insurance, you're saying, for the rest of your life, for your wife, and for the rest of her life. And so or the opportunity to buy it. Because at their ages, yeah. getting it in the marketplace could be Yeah, it would be a lot expensive. more. But, um, uh, you know, if, if he told me it was 1250 a month, then I would be going, uh, then why are we doing this? You know, but 250 a month, that's not like a serious it's reasonable. Bargain, you know? So that's, you know, you end up being that you've gotten a good benefit tied with a not so good benefit but they're tied so there you go it's a wash karen's with us in new york hi karen welcome to the ramsey show hi guys hey so my question is um i'm a long-time listener so i think i know what you tell me to do but i wanted to check um i want to know if i should pay off an rv uh in two years by doing a snowball on it i have a payment on it what's it worth or pay some or pay some stupid tax. What's it worth? Uh, I my loan is at maybe ninety thousand. What do you make and my a year? My loan is ninety, hundred and twenty. Yeah, I would sell it. That's a lot sell. of RV. If too much tied up in things going down in value, and RVs go down in value worse than just about anything, are horrible on holding value. Uh, so you got to be able to just choke that amount of money is what it amounts to. It's like buying a boat. Same thing. This is the Ramsey Show. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products. Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why they're comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us, America. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Caleb and Samantha are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Hey. How are you? Better than I deserve. Welcome. Hey, yeah. Where do you guys live? We are from uh, Canton, which is about 40 minutes north of Atlanta. Yeah. Welcome to Nashville. Good to have you guys. All right. How much debt have you paid off? About $60,000. Very good. And your range of income during that time? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. How long did that take? took about a year one year and your range of income during that time uh we started around 80 and then we jumped up to somewhere between 140 and 145 okay very good very cool good for you guys excellent what kind of debt was the sixty thousand? man everything <laughs> uh the, the bulk of it about 30 grand was a car um that kind of kick-started this but um five or six credit cards a plumbing bill that from a house that we didn't even live at anymore um and then another huge chunk was student loans. So you're just kind of collecting debt. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good habit we <laughs> yeah. developed. It was fun. There's no oh, prize at the end, unfortunately. No, <laughs> interest. Yeah, interest. That was the prize that we really won. How long have you guys been married? Uh, Almost five years. Yeah, five All years right. to the 28th. Okay, so what happened a year and some change ago that gave you the wake-up call and you start on this process and one year later, boom, you're done? Yeah, so um, I, I had heard about you uh, growing up a little bit. I uh, just knew you as the debt guy, get out of debt, get out of debt. Uh, heard you speak. Uh, we went to a, a North Point satellite church, yeah. an Andy Stanley church, and mm-hmm. heard you speak. And I told her, I, I can remember it vividly, uh, before we got married, I said, yeah, it's real easy to pay $200 uh, on a tip when you make millions. Wow, yeah, no way we could ever do that. Uh, so anyways, long story short, um, we had found out we were pregnant in about February of twenty. Is that right? February 20 with, uh, or Lorelai? February 21, actually. And um, so it was really just pulling teeth. We grew up very differently with money. Uh, I saved every penny. Uh, some call it financial trauma. I call it being frugal, but uh, <laughs> saved every penny. She, she spent a lot. And so it was, it was literally just pulling back and forth. Just Who's th- Whose car was the $30,000 car? Uh, this one's right okay. here. All right. What kind of car was it? It's a Kia Sorento. Oh, yeah. 21 Kia Good Sorento. Car. Yeah. Good car. Okay. So um, in that time, after we found out we were uh, having, a, having our second baby, uh, we said, you know what? Great idea. Let's do a cash out refinance. Let's, it, it, it makes sense. We can uh, upgrade the home, do everything good, everything great. This is going to be awesome. Well, it took way longer than what it was supposed to. They said my debt to income was ridiculous. Because it was? It was. It was very ridiculous. And it wasn't working. Well, we got to the point, they said it'd take 21 days, took like three months. I was telling her, I said, is this God telling me we shouldn't do this? I, I, I don't know. And uh, we, we just kept struggling with debt. Our, our, our bank account just kept going lower and lower and lower, no matter how much more I worked and worked and worked. And um, eventually the day came where I was supposed to sign the papers for the cash out refinance. The guy just didn't show up. So I call. I said, hey, what's going on? I was supposed to sign it. He says, hey, let me call you back. He calls me back. He says, I have no idea what happened. I don't know what's going on. We can't figure it out. We don't know why nobody showed up. Uh, and I've been praying about this. Like, is this the right move? And the more I prayed, the more I prayed, the more I prayed, uh, I got the word peace. I said, we need peace in our finances. Like only God can give us. We need that peace. And I had never heard about Financial Peace University. So I Google, you know, financial peace and <laughs> financial peace university. Of course, Who knew? Comes it was up. our brand. Yeah, yeah. We had a wild thought. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, Went through that uh, in the two-week free trial. Of course, I didn't pay for it because I'm so frugal. Uh, <laughs> went through that, told her about it. Uh, basically, a tr- total transformation in our ideas of money. And um, she, you know, made sense to her. I said, hey, this is the last straw with money. We either do this or we don't do anything. Wow. So, so God's providence helped you dodge the cash-out refi. <laughs> without Thank a doubt. That's amazing. A doubt. One yeah. more bad decision avoided there. Oh, so That's incredible. 
Yeah, and um, so we we just uh, man, we killed it from there. It's uh, so um, I'm a police officer in uh, Metro Atlanta, and uh, I actually uh, with part times we you know you get hired to be security for hotels, uh, security for apartment complexes. I actually, work Braves games, work for the Braves, um, and I just killed it. We were making I was making sixty five, seventy five, eighty dollars an hour. Uh, wow. you know, double, triple my income. And um, I said, hey, you stay home with the kids. I'll see you in about a year. Um, <laughs> we're just going to wipe out this debt. And that's, that's basically how we did it. Yeah. You just took every gig you oh, could get. Man. Yeah, it that's was incredible. So, so Samantha, you had the hardest job. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough. I mean, him not... I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom at first um, for with our first... You just, didn't, you just didn't want to be a single mom. That, <laughs> I said, I'm a single married parent. Oh, yeah. And, that was exactly that was right. And then uh, <laughs> he told me that we weren't getting any. I totaled, well, someone else totaled my car tot- with me in it mm-hmm. uh, a year before we got a new car. And I was mm-hmm. driving his yeah. truck. It was not safe. It was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. She said it wasn't safe. It, it, it was it was usable, but not as usable. So I guess uh, uh, part of the story is we didn't do the cash out refi. I said, well, we got to do this financial peace part. But in between that, uh, we got a great interest rate from our uh, our um, bank. They said, hey, you you give we give you a great interest rate. You pay for this car and uh, buy this car. So I thought, okay, I guess we got to buy this car. And uh, they gave a really broke person $32,000. Uh, <laughs> Sounds a like a bank. Confused me really bad. Really a lot of confusion there. I was real confused by that. That's kind of what what made me think uh, financial peace and, and kick it off too so well yeah but he wouldn't let me get a car until i got a job so then i went from that to working and staying with the kids and yeah. my mom my mom lives next door so she helped with the kids it was just a really crazy year uh, yeah it sounds like it's over the top <laughs> was it worth it oh, absolutely amen. yeah amen <laughs> without a doubt uh and you know there were times in that year coming home at three and four in the morning five in the morning from working uh sometimes a regular shift sometimes extra jobs i picked up you know, I, it was tough, and, and uh, I, at one point I, I thought about giving up, and uh, she, you know, I had to, I had to kind of, uh, you know, put her on board uh, with it. I kind of uh, had, the, had the thoughts at first, and, and she said, no, what, what, are, what are you talking about? We're almost done with this. You, this was your idea, and you're going to give up at this? This makes no sense. She called so, uh, you out. <laughs> yeah, really, really, she really did, and uh, I was listening uh, to a show one time, one of, one of your shows, and um, you said, um, you were talking to a guy, he said, you know, I've had, I don't know what to do, I'm, he was, de- he was de- desolate, basically, and he, you said, you're at a point where you're a little tired, a little pissed off, and you're ready to get going, and I said, I, I, that's where I am right now, I, I, I'm still pissed off at the poor decisions I made, and I got to keep going, $60,000 isn't a, in comparison to a lot of debt-free screams, it isn't too drastic, but it was a mountain that overtook me. I couldn't yeah. sleep at night yeah. thinking about this money that, that I, I just owed to people. I couldn't. Yeah. It was it was tough. And so really, I, what it was that part of that was half of that was that one car decision, mm-hmm. and you were just the the regret from that was on the back of your tongue. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I I just sat there and I thought, yeah. how do you give a broke man thirty thousand dollars? This yeah. makes no sense. Which Why is, is the same question? Is, how does a broke man sign up? For <laughs> that's a good question. Thirty thousand yeah, yeah. dollars. Yeah, I shouldn't deflect. This is a little bit. <laughs> well, you guys decided to sacrifice for a short period of time intensely so that you could win long term. Most people would just live in mediocrity for thirty years, yeah. and so I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. Yeah, thank yeah, you, you guys so much. Are, you're amazing. Congratulations. Very yeah. well done. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank I'm you. glad you did it. Are you gonna, are you ever going to go back in debt? Whew. No. We uh, <laughs> no we uh, the the 
piece of paper that we wrote all our debts, our debt snowball on, uh, I burned it when we finished. So right. uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's my answer to that. Lock it down, baby. I love it. Very cool. Very cool. And the babies, bring them up. What are their names and ages? Uh, this is uh, Layton. She is going to be one tomorrow. Oh. And uh, this is Lorelai. She's going to be three. Oh, <laughs> and beautiful. I'll tell you um, just one more quick thing. Uh, you know, the key to this is uh, what, An- what uh, our friend Anthony O'Neill says is, your why's got to make you cry. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to hurt. Like, I grew up, houses mm-hmm. foreclosed on, mm-hmm. bills bills weren't paid, water shut off, electricity shut off. But not these two. No, never you again. You changed your family tree, Oh, man. amen to that. Yes, sir. Well Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Hey, we got the uh, Live and Give bundle for you. It includes the uh, Baby Steps Millionaire's book, the Total Money Makeover book, and a one-year membership to Financial Peace. So you can use that or give it away to somebody and get them started on the journey you guys did. So very well done. Very proud of you. Caleb and Samantha, Lorelai and Layton, Atlanta. 60000 paid off in one year, making 80000 to one forty-five. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free. That's how it's done. personality is my co-host today canada is on the line maggie is calling hi maggie how are you hi good dave how are you better than i deserve what's up in your world well dave i'd like to liquidate my portfolio and uh be able to put it uh i want to trade on with cryptocurrency and i just want your opinion do you listen to this show yes i do Okay. What are you currently invested in? I, I have uh, an investment por- account. I have TSFA, and I have a RIF account. And what has caused you to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to trade all of that to go into crypto. Because I'm losing in my portfolio drastically this year. And um, I just know that I don't believe I'm going to come back like for a long time, like, I mean, they say it'll come back, but I think it's not going to come back for 10 years. And I'm already 72. So I just feel like, um, and I've also have experienced, um, like, it's not like I haven't, I have been doing crypto trading now for a a while. Have you seen the crypto market? It's a lot darker than the stock market. You're trading a paper cut for a stab. Well, I've made money in the crypto market. How much? Uh, probably about $10,000. Is that enough to retire on? No. What's in your but investments have, currently? But, but I've also picked um, um, contracts that have been low, like lower, definitely, because I haven't had money that much money to, to do anything with. 
At at your age, I'm uh, not going to go to Vegas and just put it all on black and hope for the best. That's not a great retirement plan. That worries me. Okay. Um, Let me let's back well, up. Let's back up a second, okay? You are it worries. you're scared because your good investments went down. And yeah. right about the time I get desperate and scared is the step before I get really stupid. Desperate people and highly greedy people make the worst financial mistakes. And your fear is making you do statistically or suggesting that you do statistically the equivalent of putting this money on a roulette wheel or a hand of poker. Because crypto is extremely volatile, extremely risky, at least 100 times more risky than your current retirement portfolio. At least. And you're telling me, oh, I put money in the slot machine and I came out with more money than I put in. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not, doing it, I'm not doing it myself. I have a, a trader that's helping me, you know, like, like uh, so I never close my market in a negative position. It's always in a positive position in crypto. Okay. Well, Maggie, you do what you want. I'm 62. Um, yeah. I My net worth is hundreds of millions of dollars, and I have precisely zero in crypto. Right. And I'm not desperate, and I'm not scared. Warren Buffett said and he you have, you have a you know, The idea that you have a trader doing it for you scares me for you even more because this is giving you false confidence. A, you've had some wins. B, you have someone whispering in your ear how wonderful they are and how they are going to take care of you, which is how people that are 72 years old lose everything they own. This is how it happens. Okay? Please don't do this. Uh, But I don't think that the decision is really up in the air. I think you've already made your decision. And if I told Maggie, hey, two years from now, your money's going to be back to where it was in your retirement account, I don't know that she would do it, but it's hard to see that far out ahead when you just see your accounts bleeding out. And so you just want to do anything to not be doing that. One of the wealthiest men in the world says, be greedy when others are cautious and cautious when others are greedy. And that's Warren Buffett. And he doesn't mean greedy like being a, uh, a bad person, a lack of character greedy. He means be aggressive when others are cautious and cautious when others are aggressive. And crypto is no place to play with money that you can't afford to lose. And you're going to lose it. And then you're going to call me back and say, well, I might have had this guy who made me, you know, and he's singing a siren song. And I, I sure hope you don't do it, honey. I sure hope you don't do it. Uh, it sounds like this trader is probably telling her, hey, oh, I'm you telling liquidate you this, and give me all your money. This trader is definitely, he's talked to her up big time. He's buttered her bread. And this guy's a freaking con artist. He's a crypto con man. Well, we've also have the quote from Warren Buffett saying he wouldn't pay $25 for all of the Bitcoin in the world. Yeah. And I think he's got more money than me, you, and your trader put together. So, um, you know, that, and I don't disagree with that at all. So it's just an extremely volatile market, and that's being kind. It's crazy, crazy is what it is. But um, I don't have any money in it, and there's a reason. Crypto is way more down. Well, how much is it down, George? Do you know? I mean, there was. It depends on what coin. I mean, a lot of them went bankrupt. Well, and, and there's we, fraud. There's yeah. scams. Ninety-seven percent. Oh, and numbers. by the way, too, Maggie, the number it, it, the number of people that have the number of dollars lost, not in Bitcoin or not in crypto, 
but in fraud associated with crypto is what? I mean, in the billions. Billions. It's yeah. two, two and a half billion dollars at this point have been lost to crypto. And, and let me tell you who the number one target of that type of fraud and con is. People over 65. People that are desperate and scared. Empty promises. And so... I'm not saying your trader is a con artist. I'm just saying there's a higher probability that he's a con artist than if he was in any other business because of the number of crypto con artists that are out there. People that are, this this thing has drawn the worst of the worst. And so you can do what you want to do, but you made the mistake of calling here and asking, and we will give you our opinion, and we are experts on our opinion. Jessica is in Michigan. Hi, Jessica. What's up? Hi, um, my name is Jessica, and I am 37 years old, and I'm a single mom of two. And um, my question is, is how do I um, get the momentum to, um, I'm on baby step number one. I am about uh, 30, or I'm sorry, $17,000 in debt between student loans. Um, no, My car's completely paid off, but I'm just trying to get momentum into getting that cash shaved up for baby step number one because I always try to validate my purchases and um, I'm just trying to find a way to get the momentum to stop validating these yeah, what's your purchases. Um, right now I make about a little over 38 a year. Okay. Right. What has caused you to want to do this plan in the first place? Um, I have been listening to Dave Ramsey off and on for about uh, let's see um, about 11 years. But I've really jumped into it more in the last um, couple of months. Um, wanting to say, wanting to change my family tree. I come from a family where yeah. where we've all not been so great with money, and um, my dad I'll, I'll actually you, died. I'll tell you how I did it, Jessica, as a fellow spender. Yeah, I, I looked at my kids. They were babies, and we were broke because of my stupidity. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sick and tired being sick and tired and every time i got ready to spend i treat i would ask myself if i had to not spend this money so that i had the money to save the life of my child could i do it could i find the discipline and that was an Mm -hmm. easy answer of course and so i did stuff like i would practice going to costco and buying nothing and walking out and that was like a breakthrough for me because i truly thought that if you went to sam's or costco that they check your your uh, receipt on the way out to, that it was federal law that you had to spend two hundred dollars or you couldn't get out. They wouldn't let you out. That's why they check it. And yeah. um, I was that guy, and, and so I just had to. I kind of had to equate it with the life of my children, which is a bit melodramatic, but it's also kind of true because you want to change your family tree. You said, yeah. What does forty year old Jessica want to look back on and say, man, I'm so glad Jessica made those decisions. And if that means, you know, taking away your debit card information from every website that you have, hiding it, having accountability with a friend, do whatever it takes. I would think if you've got a spending problem that Amazon Prime's not even a possibility. I'm cutting that out of my life. It's got to, you got to turn it off. If you've got a spending problem, if you're trying to say, no, I'm not going to spend. Because, I mean, that's just so easy. It's easy for me, you know, and I teach this stuff for a living. So you just got to, you got to equate it with a big why. And you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then gradually you'll reform your character. This is The Ramsey Show.
Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.